This is Saturday Night with Ian Blackley on Perth 6PR. Yes, good evening. It's time for the UK Report with Lyndon Kemkaran. Hello, Lyndon. How are you going? Hi, and how are you? Oh, very well. I haven't spoken to you for a while. You been well? Oh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Just I was just listening to your weather forecast there. It's lovely, and feeling isn't it? just a twinge of envy. <laughs> 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 I was thinking, if you ask me for a similar weather forecast, I might say rainy between zero and five, and cold <laughs> between minus four and so, zero, <laughs> something like that. If you had a white Christmas coming up over there, you think, or is this going to be wet and cold? I think it's going to be wet and cold, like it always is. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what's going on uh, over there in the UK? What's going on? Oh, busy, busy news agenda at the moment. We've got we've got several things bubbling away, as I'm sure your listeners are probably aware. Yeah. We've got the Tory party, which, of course, are in government at the moment. They're self-destructing slowly over the <laughs> immigration uh, yes. issue, yes. which no one can seem to get a handle on. You know, we've got people turning up in small boats. We've got people coming in legally, illegally, all over the place. Haven't got a hope in hell of stopping any of it. It just seems as if no one's in control, really. So that's quite depressing. Right. So when's the next election coming up, you think? And how will that sort of pan out? Uh-huh. Eh? If I if I was if I was a betting lady, which I'm not really, but I might be tempted, yeah. I would I would guess they might they might go for a May, May or June, I think, maybe tw- next year, um, because I think the latest they can do it is the end of 2024. That's when they have to call an election by, because that'll be five years since the last one. But I think the way things are going, I think Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister, may decide to just just call a snap election, just to try and catch the opposition unawares. Uh, not give them time to get their their act together and get their policies in shape. And then it'll be, you know, it'll be a mad race to the finish line. But, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen. No idea at all. I saw on uh, X, also known as Twitter, which we still call it Twitter, even though Elon Musk wants to call it X, Um, it's something about uh, like breaking news. Uh, Sunak was calling a, uh, like an announcement. I think it was yesterday, the day before or something like that. It was like, what was that about? I mean, I'd never followed it up. Well, that really... Yeah, that, that that was quite interesting. And there were rumours that he was going to call a snap election, but he didn't. He, he didn't. didn't. Okay. So what that was about was that he, he sacked his Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, a couple of weeks ago. And yep. um, Suella Braverman was very, very uh, right-wing about immigration and wanted to take a really tough line on trying to get uh, numbers down because, you know, we, we are taking in too many people at the moment, legally and illegally. Um, her deputy, Robert Jenrick, was then brought in to be Immigration Minister. He resigned very suddenly this week, I think, I think it was Thursday this week, he suddenly put his resignation in, saying that the Prime Minister's measures weren't going far enough. The plan to send uh, illegal uh, migrants to Rwanda uh, was just a big money pit and it wasn't even going to tackle the problem because it still left the door open for people to make appeals. And of course, it's the appeals process which slows down being able to deport people or be able, being able to send people back to the country of origin yeah. um, because they, they are managing to put in appeal after appeal after appeal, which just clogs up the system. And then the British government has its hands tied. It literally can't uh, deport people or, or send people away again if they come here illegally or without a good enough case. So that's why Rishi Sunak was forced to call a press conference because, of course, he's now in quite a perilous position. He's got a lot of the Tory party lining up against him, you know, the so-called uh, very right wing of the party. Um, and he's also got the people on the left who, who who think he's going too far. So he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Certainly is. What do these politicians over there do if they uh, if they lose their job, like if they're, uh, you know, like... If Rishi sort of Sunak sort of gets them in there and says, "Well, I don't know how we're going to get along without you, but come Monday we're going to try." What do they do? What do they do when they lose their job? 
Well, what you mean, like Suella Braverman, the Home yes. Secretary? Yes. Uh, well, she, she, she. Interestingly, I was, I was at an event with her the, the, the night after she uh, handed in her her excoriating letter to the Prime Minister. And um, what they do is they they go where their allies are. Um, they try and, I imagine, gather enough uh, friends behind them to support them in whatever they want to do next. I mean, some of them disappear quietly into oblivion, never to be heard of again. But others. They, they formulate their own uh, little gang of supporters and they might uh, end up plotting against the, the Prime Minister. It's, it's a very interesting situation. Jeez. But I don't know if you've been seeing it in your, in your newspapers this morning, there is a plan after the next election when lots of MPs are going to lose their seats. There's a plan to bring in some sort of career coaching for them. Um, <laughs> there's a plan to pay them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there's, there's sorry. To... Excuse yeah, me I while, know, excuse I, know, me while I hold them. back my mirth. <laughs> well, yeah, someone someone in their wisdom has decided that MPs who, let's not forget, earn a very, very healthy salary yes. when they're in position and they get a little payment when they leave or get or lose their jobs as well. Well, there are plans afoot to help them with uh, career coaching, mm. uh, CV writing and extra payments to help them oh, of regenerate their life after politics. Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. They need course. more money, right? Oh, of course, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, Richie Sunak, I mean, you know, he's uh, obviously on the bones of his ass because uh, he and his family have only got about f- how many hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. do they have? <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, I feel like putting a little co- a collection tin out for people like that, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. generously exactly. to these poor, poor politicians yeah. who earn, Speaking, you know, a salary. I mean, spe- what? Yeah, yep. sorry. Speaking about people who maybe look like they're on the bones of their ass, how's, uh, <laughs> how's Boris Johnson going? How's Bojo these days? <laughs> it looks like nobody Bojo, owns him well, still. Well, exactly. He's been uh, he's been back in the public eye. Yes. Week. He's been giving evidence for the COVID inquiry, as I'm sure you've been yes. looking at. Yes. Um, he was there for two days. Um, on day day one, I think he arrived to lots of jeers and heckles as he came in. Day two, I think he got there at 7am. I don't think the inquiry opens till about 9.30 or 10. <laughs> so he snuck in very early while it was still dark outside, um, probably to avoid being heckled, I imagine. But he, yeah, he's been, he's been given giving pretty interesting testimony actually um he's been talking about how he was uh he he wishes he'd he'd done things differently uh, oh i bet i think uh, oh i bet yeah everyone was kind of expecting that but he's also been talking i mean i think he might have won a few people over because you know he apologized he apologized to people who'd lost loved ones I mean that that you know is always something I think you you should do uh, at the outset of oh, these yeah. sort of things. Thoughts but he prayers. also talk- yeah, that's right. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, I think he sounded pretty genuine. You know, I mean, and he also talked quite movingly about when he got COVID, of course, which was in April 2020, yep. and he was rushed into intensive care, put on a ventilator. He nearly died. And he yeah, no, that, he that was pretty bad then. Actually, he was a lot worse than people thought. Isn't that right? Absolutely. He was really lucky to make it. And he talked about being in that intensive care ward and looking around at his fellow sufferers and knowing that some would make it out afterwards and some wouldn't. And of course, he didn't know at that point that he was going to make it out. So I think, you know, by by sort of relaying his own experience of of coming face to face with death, he, he was able to say, look, I was never flippant about this disease. I knew it was serious because it nearly killed me. So I think that was quite interesting. Yeah, jeez. Yes, I touch wood. Uh, I have not had it at this stage, and uh, ah, I feel rather ah. I feel rather lucky because a lot of people that I know have had it, and some of them have been very, very ill. And they say, 
That's the, uh, the the worst they've ever been in their life, you know. So that's not good. Yeah, not well, good. I lost my mother to it. You know, my mum died of COVID, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I know it's a serious yeah. disease. Yeah. Well, thank you. It was she was one of the unlucky ones, unfortunately. But it but it still I still disagree with having locked down the whole country. You know, all that did was just just made meant, meant that I couldn't see my mum before she died. So oh, that's terrible. Uh, you know, it, yeah, I think it, it ruined a lot of lives for for what? It didn't save my mum. So yeah, it, was uh, was your mum in the I'm same pretty... city, or was she somewhere else? Or was, uh, she, no, where she was, was she? She was about six, sixty miles away. Yeah, she was in a different oh, that, county. See, so that, that makes it even her. worse. It's like someone so close that you can't get to see. I mean, we had problems over here too. That's where... right. Everything was locked down and people were trying to see a loved one in another state and they couldn't get to see them before they mm. passed because of, you know, whatever, whatever. That's it. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Just... Yeah, and it doesn't, you know, I just think lockdown just made it that much more difficult and that much harder. Yeah. Um, it did, might have saved some lives, but other lives it just ruined. So it's, yep. it's a very difficult situation, isn't it? Yeah, it to is. To look back on. Listen, we're just going to take mm. a quick break and, uh, Lyndon, we'll get back to you very, very soon. And I want to find out about Whamageddon, all right? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're on 882 6PR. Until midnight on Perth 6PR, this is Ian Blackley. Yes, good evening. Thanks for being a part of it. Lyndon Kim Karen, hello, our UK correspondent. Now, I've noticed here that DJ's in trouble. What's this about Whamageddon? <laughs> What's Whamageddon? This? Had yes. you ever heard of this? Had you heard of this, Ian? Because I, I must confess, I was no, I haven't heard of it. No, I haven't heard of it. No, 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 not me. Apparently, it's, it's gained a big following. So the rules of this game are: you have to try and avoid hearing "Last Christmas" by Wham. Um, you have to <laughs> try and avoid listening to it anywhere in the run-up to Christmas. Right. And if you hear it inadvertently, you're then eliminated from the game. Oh, really? Weird, isn't it? Oh, okay. it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it is. Every shop. A little bit like Mariah Carey. Exactly. Yep. It's a really popular Christmas song. So all these people, about 7,000 people were watching a football game up in, Not- up in Nottingham last week. And the DJ thought it would be really funny to put Last Christmas on, knowing that they couldn't <sighs> escape the stadium because the football game was about to start. If people were so playing the game, they, it would have been just about lynched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he said he, he said he was sort of a light-hearted uh, moment. And then afterwards on social media, he was shocked that so many people were just throwing so much hate at him for having eliminated them from this game. I mean, it's just hilarious, isn't it? Oh, God. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People now, take... Now some... I know it's a thing. I might, yeah. might try and play it next year, maybe. Yeah, some people take some things so, so seriously, don't they? Jeez. Yeah, they do. And it's and got a dedicated website and everything, so it's a, it's a bit of a big thing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It is. Apparently, it's massive. Yeah. I can't believe I've never heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are also royal postcards for children facing tough Christmases. What's what's the story there? Oh, this is such a lovely story. So this is something that um, Catherine, Princess of Wales, um, came up with. So yep. her thing has been early years. You know, she's really yes. passionate. I think, yes. I think since becoming a mother herself, she's really passionate about giving, giving children the best in those very early years between the ages who are naught and five yep. to set them up to, to be able to you know, learn well at school and to become or, you know, to grow up to be responsible, uh, useful citizens of the world. So this is something she's come up with. She does a lovely uh, Christmas carol service every year at Westminster Abbey. Um, and it's, it's pre-recorded. And I think it goes out on television on Christmas Eve or something like that. So it was recorded this week and she turned up looking absolutely glorious, as I think she always does. I mean, the woman is an absolutely stunningly beautiful 
woman to look at anyway. So she turns up with her three perfect children in tow and they each have written um, a little card of encouragement to children out there who aren't as fortunate as them and who might be struggling, might be having a tough time this Christmas. And the idea is they post their cards in this box and the cards will, will go out to children's centres around the UK and hopefully be read by children um, and hopefully it will cheer them up and, and it, you know, it's just nice to know that somebody in such a fortunate position is thinking of others who are less fortunate than them. Exactly and uh, the kids seem to love uh, Kate too, don't they, really? Oh, they do. I mean, she's a natural. I, yeah. I, when, I worked, when I worked for the BBC, I did several um, royal uh, stories in my time and mo- a couple of them were with, with Kate as she, as she turned up and she is you know, she's beautiful, she's charming, she connects with people. You know, I think she really is. She's a force for good. And it's clear now that, she, of course, she's preparing to be queen yeah. because she's next in line uh, now that her, her father-in-law, uh, Pr- Prince Charles, is now king. Uh, it's her and William next. So this is her really setting the ground for the things that she's passionate about, the things that she really cares about. Um, because, of course, when she becomes queen, everything that she does will receive even more scrutiny than it does now. Yep. So I think it's interesting to see uh, the, the, the areas that she, she really clearly wants to, to be more involved in yeah, as time great. goes on. That's great. Lyndon mm. Kim And now, Lyndon, if I don't speak to you before Christmas, uh, you and your family have a wonderful Christmas and maybe hopefully you get a little bit of snow Thank instead of rain. Yeah, and that's that'd be it, nice. Yeah, it'd be, be nice. pretty, prettier than the rain. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Ian. Merry Christmas to you too. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. Thanks.